50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. All right, let's cut the bullshit. Let's get to what we're all here for. This Kim and Pete breakup that rocked us. How you doing? Why am I so upset? (laughs) There's so many emotions. Forget about even the theories. Like before you get into the details of it, it definitely sparked some emotions. And I would say that they were conflicting. Am I mourning them as a couple or as a pop culture story? I can only speak for myself. I'm personally mourning them as a moment in pop culture, not necessarily them as a couple. And I can elaborate on that, but I want to hear your first response. I don't know. I think I'm going to be doing a lot of in-time processing this episode because I purposely have been putting it a little bit out of sight, out of mind to save it for this episode. And now that we're finally getting into it, even though we're one minute into the episode, all of a sudden I'm like, I have so many thoughts and feelings and I'm conflicted on all of them. Well, that's all I want. I want you to be flooded with them as we record this, because honestly, that's what I've been doing as well. Like a very much a subconscious compartmentalization for this exact moment. I think I am upset about them as a couple, though. So for me, it's so much more so the pop culture element of it all. And I know we'll get into a full breakdown details analysis in one moment, but just immediate reaction. I think for me, the part where I'm a little bit sad is that it brought out this side of Kim that we hadn't seen in so long, maybe even ever. And that's what I feel I'm mourning. Although the hopeful side of me says, now that that was brought out of her, she's never going to revert back to potentially how muted she was during some of the Kanye time. I think for me, what it is, is that I spent every single step of this relationship, every single time we spoke about it on the podcast, it had to be under the caveat of like, well, I know they're not endgame. Or like, I know eventually this is going to come to an end. So I am shocked for myself as to how shocked I am by the breakup. Well, that's the thing. Think about in the very, very beginning when we were just speculating about who Kim was going to date and a few people DM'd us, what about Pete Davidson? And we scoffed at that. We thought that even the idea of that was hilarious in nature. And then it started to happen. And then she started to talk about him on the show. And then we're seeing him with the kids. And we almost felt gaslit by the entire process of like, wait a second, this is legit. You know what the craziest part is? There's a piece of me that really thinks they're going to get back together. You think? I don't know. Like, I I could just see it. Like, I could see him coming home from the movie that he's filming in Australia and them being together in the same place and maybe falling a little bit back into it. That's what's shocking me so much is that, like, again, I spent this entire time planning for this inevitable breakup. And now that it's here, I'm planning for their reconciliation already. Do you want to get into the timeline and then kind of go back to the emotions? Yeah, I would love to. I'd, lo- I'd love to take a break from emotions. <laughs> it's music to your ears if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Always. 
So we could obviously do a full timeline if it feels necessary and fitting in a few minutes, but just for starters, I want to only back up a few weeks to July 16th, and that is when Kim went to visit Pete in Australia. He's currently there filming his movie Wizards. We obviously haven't seen them together much, but we knew for a fact that she was going to Australia to see him. Technically now, I don't believe this is the case necessarily, but it's technically possible that when she was going there, she broke up with him there. Just want to throw it out there. I will say I do have it in the back of my head now that when she was posting all of those weird quotes on Instagram, it was right after having been there. I I told you this. I don't remember when it was. I I can't believe that. (laughs) In order to maintain the view that I have of Kim, I cannot believe that she breaks up with her boyfriend and then posts like 2006 Tumblr quotes on her Instagram story. It just feels completely antithetical to everything we know about her. I can't either, but if we are talking logistics of timeline, those quotes definitely carry far more hypothetical weight than they did previously. Listen, you're not wrong, and it's definitely technically a possibility. I think I'm still in the camp that she was posting those quotes very much at the same time when the height of the Chloe Tristan surrogacy news was happening. And I think it was a strategic PR move because the second she started posting those, all of the headlines were Kim Kardashian posts cryptic quotes amid visit to Pete Davidson, and it kind of took the heat off of Chloe momentarily. And maybe that's just what I'm telling myself, but that's what I'm telling myself. Like... It's so funny that that's the more logical of the two theories. It may be, but sometimes there's a piece of me that forgets because Kim is so social media savvy and like we associate her so much with current social media trends that like she is also a mom on Instagram. There's no way though. Kim goes to Australia, breaks up with Pete, gets back on Kim Air and is sitting on her cashmere seats, finding Tumblr quotes from 2007 to post on her story. I can't accept that reality. I'm sorry. I I just can't. If it's easier to digest for you, there's always the possibility that she wasn't finding them. Chloe just had them saved on her camera roll and was sending them to her. If that's that's at all easier. They had a shared album. (laughs) Do they know? Like, do they have any idea that we have to like, For both of them, like for any of them, we have to actively block out the fact that they post those quotes in order to maintain our view of them. I don't know if they know, but (laughs) for sure, for me, that's what's happening. Okay, let's move on from the quotes, because actually, if it is true that you're right, it changes everything. Okay, so Friday, August 5th, we're all just minding our business and boom, 7.06 p.m. E! News, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson break up after nine months of dating. I'll read you a few sentences. The Kardashian star and Pete Davidson have broken up and decided to just be friends, sources close to the couple exclusively tell E! News. The insider shared that while the pair has, quote, a lot of love and respect for each other, they found that the long-distance dynamic and their demanding schedules, quote, made it really difficult to maintain a relationship. The split occurred sometime this week. Pete has been spending part of the summer in Australia working on the movie Wizards. As for Kim, she continues to raise four kids with her ex, Kanye West. Quote, the divorce is moving ahead with Kanye, another insider shares with E! News, they're happily co-parenting. A side plot to all of this, which is not worth discussing right now, but I just want to quickly mention it since we mentioned Kanye. Also this week, news broke that he has lost his fifth divorce lawyer. I want to read you just one paragraph from TMZ. Kim and Kanye had a trial-setting conference Friday in LA as part of their divorce. Ye's current divorce attorney, Samantha Spector, had previously asked the judge to relieve her as counsel, saying her relationship with Kanye was irretrievably broken, though she wouldn't say why. She had a date set next week to officially withdraw, but the judge granted her request Friday. What's more, the judge made it clear, either Kanye gets off the dime and submits his financial declarations to settle the remaining issues, or the case is going to trial in December. If Kanye ghosts everyone, then in all probability, when the case comes before the judge in December, Kim will get whatever she wants. 
which I know we're not talking about right now, but that would be really sad if the whole thing goes to trial. It would be sad. And the Kanye divorce element of all of this is really important because there are also so many theories floating around that this is all because Kim and Kanye are going to get back together. Yeah. I want to go into the theories in a few minutes, but just to make it clear, like 0% do I believe that. Do you? No. No. Okay. Okay. So anyway, the Kim and Pete news breaks on a Friday, which I do think the Friday of it all is important context to mention just because, as we know, celebrities are notorious for releasing stories on a Friday that they kind of hope to bury. Also worth mentioning, which we'll get into in a few minutes, is that just maybe two or so hours after the Kim and Pete news breaks, the news breaks that Chloe and Tristan have welcomed their son via surrogate. Obviously, it wasn't that day. It was very much planned to be released after the Kim news on a Friday to try to minimize the response as much as possible, but all worth noting in the scheme of things, and or I should say in Kris Jenner's world that we're just living in. A crazy fucking Friday that was. Not for nothing, it worked because I would say the response to the Chloe and Tristan news was far more muted than it would have been normally. Although, generally speaking, I think the announcement of a birth is typically welcomed with a lot of positivity and excitement. It's not like when the initial surrogacy news broke when it was so much more Tristan hate-centric. I think this, generally speaking, regardless of a Kim and Pete breakup, there would have been more excitement. That's how I feel too. And then what the story kind of spun into, which I don't know if that was a foreseen side effect, but what the story then spun into was the theories about what the news of Kim's breakup and Chloe's surrogate giving birth had to do with each other. Right. And just for discussion's sake, let's go over those top two theories that started circulating as they apply to Chloe. Because number one was that the breakup was faked and conveniently released at this moment to kind of take away from the Chloe baby news. And then the second, which is far bolder, was that the entire nine-month relationship was faked and kind of a ploy to distract from Chloe's surrogate being pregnant. Because as we know, Chloe never really planned to release the news of her surrogate being pregnant. It was actually leaked, and then she had to announce it a month or so ago. So those were really the top two that started going viral. Not to say that I believe either. I I don't believe either. I believe that, like you said before, it was purposely done in the sense of both stories were leaked on a Friday at the same time to kind of minimize the reaction of Chloe, or maybe even to minimize the reaction of both. Um, But I... I think that to say that the breakup was faked or the whole relationship was faked honestly gives them too much credit. Like, I think they are PR masterminds, but they're not behind the scenes, like actually faking nine month long relationships where Pete Davidson gets tattooed and branded. Well, let's even take it a step further because yes, the tattoos and branding are one thing, but honestly, I don't really think Pete Davidson is that selective with what he's getting tattooed these days. To me... The real thing is that Kim introduced him to her children. She allowed him to spend a lot of time with them and they developed a relationship with him. And say what you want about Kim, but I think that she prioritizes being a mother above anything else. And I don't think that she would allow her children to create this emotional bond with someone who is then going to be removed from their life just for the sake of this you know, whole fake storyline. I just don't foresee that. But on top of that, even if you are someone that cannot stand the Kardashians, which... <laughs> obviously it's not us. But if you really can't stand them, hate everything they do, think it's all contrived bullshit, fine. But give Pete a little bit more credit than that. You think Pete Davidson is down to be spun into this whole Kris Jenner mastermind web just for the sake of distracting from Chloe's surrogacy journey? Like, There's just no way. 
I'm not saying that this takes it a step further, but I think let's put this to bed once and for all. There is absolutely no way that Kim was wearing the Marilyn Monroe dress at the Met Gala and allowing a fake relationship to be the thing that stands up there with her during that moment. Case and point. That is exactly what I said, Julian, when we were doing the Met Gala episode when I said, any questions I had about the seriousness of this relationship were immediately removed when I saw that Kim is allowing this moment, this huge moment for her to be memorialized forever next to him. And that is not a decision she made lightly. So you are so fucking right. That is the number one anecdote I would pull as evidence. Where do we go from here? Well, before we get into that, I think it's worth spending one second on the other very prominent theory circulating, which is that this breakup signifies a Kim and Kanye reunion, which I do not subscribe to, but for discussion's sake, I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, let's just spend a minute on that. So this had kind of been circulating for a little while now, but the reason people really started to speculate this was on August 1st, Kim posted a photo wearing a shirt that said The Incredibles. And if your knowledge of the Kardashians is very minimal, to you, this means nothing. If you're somebody who's pretty well-versed in this, you can understand why people thought that. For anyone who doesn't, let me explain. In Kanye's first ever confessional in Keeping Up with the Kardashians, it was during the season 16 premiere, he said that he was willing to do the confessional because he saw that they did it in The Incredibles, and he sees his family and their lives becoming more and more like The Incredibles. And that was a video clip that kind of went viral because it seemed like I don't know, just such a bizarre thing to say. So there was that, her posting in that shirt, which people kind of totally took as a callback to that infamous clip of Kanye. And then second of all, a few days later, she posted an Insta of her North wearing the Yeezy shades, which is not uncommon throughout their entire relationship and divorce. She has still been promoting Yeezy because as we always talk about, success for his brand is only success for her and more money for her children. But those were really the two things that made people start to speculate, I would say. The two things together are a little like eyebrow raising, I guess. I really do not foresee any sort of Kim and Kanye reconciliation. It's just, it's not in the cards for me. But I will say I was very interested by her Instagramming the Yeezy sunglasses and then even more interested once the breakup news came and it was August 5th and the day before she had Instagrammed the Yeezy sunglasses, I was like, that is an interesting move. Like, it is very interesting to have your breakup either about to break or know that you've just broken up with somebody and post from your ex-husband's line. Okay, so for me, I wasn't even phased by that one because I feel like that's just part of her business stuff. There was a Yeezy launch coming up or whatever it was, and she was just doing what she is kind of obligated to do in terms of promotion. I feel kind of embarrassed to say this, but if I'm going to be totally honest, when she posted in that incredible shirt, and this was on the first, it was four days before the breakup happened. I, I like, I just took a second. Like, I, I know it. it doesn't. I noted it. Can't tell you that I didn't note it, which feels so not how I feel like we typically want to operate. It's something so minimal that we would typically say people are blowing out of proportion. But I just feel like. If you're Kim, you know what you're doing with that. You don't post in a shirt that says The Incredibles and not know what speculation is going to come from that. So to me, it doesn't signal that they're back together. But to me, it signals she did that intentionally to potentially feed into some rumors. Uh, Here's what I'll say. The Yeezy sunglasses didn't raise any alarms or make me think of anything until the breakup news came out. And then in retrospect, I was like, oh, it's a little weird that she did that. The incredible shirt right away, I was like, oh, that's 
That's an interesting callback. That's that's an interesting thing that does feel intentional, whether it is or not. Well, because if you've been following the family, you know how kind of viral that moment went. Like if you watch the show, you can immediately recall that confessional when Kanye says that. Yeah. And I would assume that Kim fully understands how viral that clip has been. Well, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't some kind of subliminal thing. It was a very well-known reference that you don't even need to be a Kardashian super fan to understand. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. I have to ask you a question, and this has nothing to do with Kim and Kanye. I just cannot stop thinking about this. That moment that's going to happen in the new season of The Kardashians where Kim says to Pete, like, babe, do you want to just join me in the shower quick or you want to take a quick shower with me? Does that hit harder with them broken up or not broken up? Like, will you be disappointed when that line comes because they're not together? Or will you be like waiting for that line in anticipation with the knowledge of them not being together? Hmm. Amazing question. Okay. I think regardless, I'm going to experience it the same way because the way that I was shocked seeing it in the trailer will be the exact same way that I'm going to react when I see it in real time. I guess 
I will be slightly disappointed if they are still broken up when that airs because there was probably a part of me that was excited for what's to come. Like, oh, they're showing us this? Wait for the content they're going to post on Insta this week. So knowing that that's not going to happen, assuming they're still broken up when the show comes out, yeah, it'll suck a little bit. But I still think that's the situation where you got to be grateful that you got that moment. It's interesting that you said if they're still broken up, because when I said there's a part of me that maybe thinks they'll even get back together, I feel like you thought I was being crazy. I don't believe they're going to get back together. I'm just, you know, saying it to cover us in case they they do. I wonder. I wanted them to be together for that moment. I thought they would last longer than nine months. I don't know. Is that naive? I guess that like contradicts everything that I've said, but... I, you know what I have really in my head that we haven't spoken about yet? Mm. Two days before this breakup, a news article circulated that they were in the best place that they've been, that they spoke every single day, FaceTimed every day, sent each other love notes while he was in Australia. And then two days later, this breakup news comes out. That's bizarre. That's what I'm saying. That whole thing was bizarre, which to go back to your initial point, yeah, technically, is it possible that this breakup news is not legit? And a few days later, she's going to post with him and be like, you guys thought wrong, I guess I would be kind of surprised because typically, and yes, Kendall did not follow this fashion, but typically, and we say this a lot, the Kardashians don't really respond most of the time, but when it's something this big that is very much false, they'll throw up something to say it's not. So to me, the lack of response kind of confirms it. Yeah. I mean, logically, yes, I agree with you. They're most likely broken up. I guess the conversation isn't whether or not this breakup is fake. I think it's definitely real. And I think if it wasn't, Kim would have said something by now because, listen, in the beginning of their relationship, had it been three months in, four months in, maybe Kim wouldn't have said anything because they weren't so actively posting that it would have just like kind of fizzled out in front of the public eye. But they've spoken about each other enough and they've posted each other enough and we've been involved in this relationship enough that... I think that if it wasn't true, Kim would have come out and been like, no, everything's fine with me and Pete. Whereas like a couple of months prior and in the beginning of the relationship, maybe she wouldn't have felt the need to. I'm actually really curious if she feels that way in terms of their breakup, like if there will be any sort of more official statement from her rep, considering how involved we've all been in this relationship and how public it's been. Well, to go back to your earlier point, which to me is like the end all be all of the Met Gala, which was, you know, let's say roughly seven months into them dating. To me, it's like you walk the Met Gala red carpet with this guy. That is, if anything, worthy of a potential statement. Not saying she's going to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if she did. Also, though, would not be surprised at all if she didn't. Prior to this po- like moment, like not even prior to the podcast, prior to this legit moment, I, no part of me thought she was going to say anything about it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I, I kind of think she should. No, I guess not should, but I, I kind of, I still don't think she's going to. But I almost am disappointed in the fact that she's not. I mean, Julie, that's the thing though, which we honestly, I don't even think really have discussed. Just something to consider potentially her releasing or not releasing a statement could be dependent on the way the relationship ended. And it really depends who you ask, because some people say that it was due to their scheduling and, you know, it just didn't work. They really wanted to make it work, but they're both so busy and it just wasn't in the cards right now. 
There were other articles that came out that basically said that the relationship that Pete wants doesn't align with what Kim can do. You know, she doesn't have the freedom to just fly here and there. She has so many things going on and he's at this phase of his life where he doesn't have kids and he has a little bit more freedom in that regard. You know, it it really, really depends what you want to believe. And I think that everybody is entitled to believe whatever they think. To me, and I could be totally off, I can't see a world in which he ended it. Um. Yeah, I mean, that was my thought initially, like the way that the power dynamic of or what I thought the power dynamic of this relationship was. I couldn't have seen a scenario in which he ended it. But again, we go back to that conversation about Pete wanting to have kids, Pete wanting to get married. And so there is always that possibility that that is one of the main factors in terms of this ending. And in that case, it could have been Pete that pulled the trigger. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. At the very least, we know that we will get the breakup cover to the extent of which it's discussed transparently. We won't know. But the last we heard in terms of them filming the show, they were still actively filming and season two is expected to come in September. So there's a chance they're still filming right now for season two. There's a chance that they're done filming completely. There's a chance that they're filming now and it's for season three. So I don't know the timeline of when that would be discussed on the show, but in some capacity, it definitely will be. In terms of what you said about, you know, Pete wanting to get married and have children, when we were first discussing this relationship, that was one of the things that we thought would be an initial roadblock because Kim had always spoken about not wanting more kids. That was the thing. She always said, you know, if it was up to Kanye, he'd have six or seven and I'm good with four. And then when they were doing press for season one, she said that she thinks she will have as many kids as Chris, meaning she would have two more kids. So, that kind of reframed our whole thinking of like, wait a second. We thought that this relationship had an expiration date because Kim herself had been so open about not wanting more kids and Pete had been so open about wanting kids. And then she said that and we're like, all right, this totally just threw us off. So when the article now cited that, it's like, what's to believe here? Because I am, I really, I'm really thrown. I think that Kim was probably open to the idea of having more kids, and she may still even think that she is going to. That's not a possibility that I'm ruling out, whether it's with somebody other than Pete. I think that she was open to the idea of having more kids. That doesn't necessarily mean that she was on Pete's timetable of doing so. If I'm going to be totally honest with you and I had to evaluate that, I don't think she was lying in that interview when she alluded to that, but I think that It really came from the fact that she's in this relationship. She's feeling a way she had not felt in so long, maybe ever, in terms of this just like lighthearted enjoyment and experiencing the simplicity that she had lacked so much with Kanye that I think maybe her vision was a little blurry in terms of what she would be down for to maintain this. I I just, I don't know who's to say, but I kind of can't see a world in which Kim has more kids. Yeah, I mean, and also the thing that we have to remember here is that there's always the possibility that Pete went away to Australia, the dust settled, they had a moment to kind of be alone. And not that they haven't throughout this relationship, it's been somewhat long distance between LA and New York, but LA to Australia is a very, very big time difference. And so It may have been more than just the difficulties in terms of being long distance. It may have also given Kim a chance to like, okay, I'm alone. The dust is settling. Let me really think about how I see my life and who I see that with. And, you know, you start to think about things when you have those moments alone. And I think that's also possibly what could have happened here. Yeah. I mean, they say sometimes that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I think the opposite of that is absence can provide a lot of clarity. And there's a part of me that feels like she was 
really just taken by the whole thing because it was exciting and it was new. And again, it was bringing her in touch with the simple aspects that she had so longed for. You know, Pete is a very different guy than anyone she had ever, ever dated. And that's why I guess my tune of this whole thing isn't really sadness other than the pop culture death of it. It's more so I'm happy that for Kim, she experienced this because it shows her that it's possible. You know, even her, she can be one of the most famous people in the entire world. She can be on top of the world. She can be a mother and have so many business ventures going on and still be able to just be silly. And I think that that silliness is something that Kim had kind of lost touch with, you know, for a little while there because everything was so serious. So net net, I think the benefit of Pete will be everlasting. And by the way, on the flip side, I think for him as well, I think this relationship with her probably instilled in him a sense of confidence. Not that he was necessarily lacking, but that was probably very empowering. Yeah, I, I think so too, or at least I hope so. I mean, I always worry about Pete at the end of relationships, especially something of as serious as this. And I think we saw him go through a lot of struggles at the end of his relationship with Ariana and there wasn't a ring here, but there is the potential that he saw this as in retrospect, maybe even more serious than the Ariana relationship. And so you have to have a little bit of concern there about Pete recovering from this. If this wasn't his doing, and even if it was, there's allowed to be like a profound level of sadness for him there. But I think hopefully he'll be able to look back on this time and be like, wow, I really did that. Right. Like I did the damn thing. I dated Kim Kardashian very publicly, which I just have to imagine That's a big deal, especially aside from anything else, whoever Kim chose to publicly date after the divorce with Kanye would have been a very big deal in terms of how she felt about him because she knew it was going to be an issue with with Kanye. And she had to feel, and this is a terrible thing to say because you should never have to weigh these things, but I think that for her, she had to feel that it was worth it to publicize this because she knew what would come from Kanye, which... Not saying I believe this to have any legitimacy, but I do think it's important to mention another theory circulating is that this breakup was only announced as a way to kind of appease Kanye and hopefully, you know, move the divorce proceedings along. Maybe. I don't see that being the case because I think they're going to, based on the TMZ article about what the judge had said, it kind of seems like they're going to move on with or without him. Like, it's almost like Kim's going to get everything she wants if he doesn't, which should be enough of an incentive for him. But I also, I want to bring it back to our favorite conversation, which I brought up briefly before, but I'm ready to really get into now, which is where do both of them go from here? I am down to hypothesize with you. It is one of my favorite things in the entire world, but I'm telling you right now, we are starting at square one. Like I am going back to the days of when the Kim and Kanye divorce was announced and we found out she was open to dating and we were sitting here on this podcast, racking our brains. I'm, I'm right back there because- as shocked as we were by the Pete thing is probably as shocked as I would be by whoever the next person she starts dating. Yeah. And him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, forget about him. It's like for her, it's like, I've never been able to figure it out. Like I've never, the Pete thing to me came out of left field. It almost made sense if you viewed it just strictly from a pop culture perspective and a Pete dating perspective and remove the entire Kim what she would actually want or like what you thought she would actually want element from it. So now that we've conquered the Pete thing, I don't know where we go from here with Kim and with Pete. I, I don't know where you go from Kim. Like I'm trying to think who would impress me. Like who could Pete date that would impress me? Like honestly, like Dylan (laughs) O'Brien. 
Pete dating Dylan O'Brien. It's the only thing that would impress me with Pete now. Or like Jennifer Aniston. You imagine Pete Davidson pulls Jennifer Aniston. He should at least once. Like, I feel like that would be important for me and for him. That would be some of the craziest shit that ever happened. Wait, I, I wanted to say this because I forgot it before and then I just remembered. I don't want to end this conversation. I just need to say it before I forget it. The other theory that I meant to say is some people think that this breakup was caused by the fact that Pete just could not deal with the idea of dating Kim Kardashian. Like it really just got to him in terms of the media of it all and the publicity of it all and that it was honestly too much for his mental health, which I totally understand logically because like personally for me, dating someone as famous as Kim Kardashian is my worst nightmare. But I just think you know what that is going into it. I think Pete is far enough along in this game and dated Ariana Grande who doesn't necessarily have the media storm as Kim, but is pretty damn close and equally as famous, that I can't see that being the reason. I can't either. I, and I think if it was the reason, it would have it would have been a while ago. Because, you know, they're finally getting to the stage where things have calmed down a little bit. It was, it was the beginning of the relationship that was the media storm of all media storms. It will never be greater than that. It will never be more intense than that. It will never have the same public fascination as when this relationship first started or when we realized that this relationship was legit. We had gotten to the point with the two of them where the dust had started to settle and it was like, oh, wow, we're like in it. Like this is real. We're kind of going through the motions, watching them live their everyday lives, but it's less of a huge deal and more of just the norm for them. So I think that if you're Pete and you're having trouble with the whole Kardashian thing and the publicity of it all, you're out when it's at its highest. You're not out when it finally starts to settle and you get like the real perks of being in a Kardashian relationship out of it. Right. That's exactly how I feel. I don't think that after all of this, now that's the thing where he's kind of pulling the trigger. I'm telling you though, I'm sitting here really trying to rack my brain of who I could see for him next. And I'm having a hard time, which I feel like this has happened to us before. And we then get suggestions via DM, which I really encourage people. If you're sitting here and you have some ideas, no matter how crazy it is, it's a judgment-free zone. If you're sitting here, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, what about X? Just DM it to us. And next week, whenever we go over them, we'll digest it together. I feel like that's a much easier way to do this because in this moment, how am I possibly supposed to think of anyone? And I purposely didn't think of anyone before the podcast because I was really trying to hold off my thoughts until we talked about it live. And the same for Kim. Now that we've seen at least one person that she's dated and like what her type may be like after Kanye. And I don't necessarily mean her physical type. Like I just mean that sense of joy and simplicity and somebody who isn't Kanye level famous, like maybe that will make it easier to narrow down who the possibility of Kim dating next is. Kim and Young Gravy. Oh, my six, seven king. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tall for Kim. I know it is tall for Kim. That's typically not what she's into. Although Pete is taller than you would expect for her. That is true. That I And I liked that. I, I like that too. I know some of you listening are like, what do you mean she dated Chris Humphries? Yes, but she has famously said that she actually doesn't typically like tall guys. But I'm sorry, one side note. At the end of this Kim and Pete conversation, can we spend literally five minutes on the young gravy Monty Lopez thing? Like, I, I know it is the that's the weirdest sentence I've ever uttered, but I'm I'm begging you. Of course we can. Okay, thank you. Okay, back to the Kim and Pete conversation. I do think it's worth noting 
in the very early days when the Kim and Kanye divorce was announced and we had this conversation, we both said that we really were thinking like the male version of Amal Clooney, you know, someone who is very fame adjacent, very successful, very intelligent, well-known, potentially, you know, in the political space um, or something of that nature, but maybe less, quote, famous. And she went the exact polar opposite. So I'm over one. I think that's actually what Pete needs to do is date only Amal Clooney type figures so that the My Girl's a Lawyer tattoo continues to make sense. Like, yes. Although the reason that the whole tattoo thing is just so not a thing for me is that at the exact same time he was getting these tattoos is when he was in the process of the tattoo removal process. Why remove a tattoo when you could just date a really powerful woman? You know, the other thing is I was really thinking about the way the entire family spoke about him and how great he was for Kim in terms of what he brought out of her. And of course, like as always, they totally respect her dating decisions. But I wonder how for them this will influence their opinion on who she dates going forward. Because think about it, whoever Kim dates becomes a huge part of the family and in certain ways can really influence the family. Look at Kanye's influence on them. And so I just, you know, wonder now their perspective. I'm so upset that you just brought that point up. Can I tell you why? Why? Why am I so upset that you just brought that point up about the family? Oh, because of Scott. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, but Julie, the thing about this family is that once you're in, you're kind of always in, even if you're an ex. So unless something really bad happened, which I just can't envision a world in which that was the case, I think Kim would totally support Scott and Pete maintaining a friendship, number one. And second of all, they're all still best friends with Adrian Bylone, who was Rob's ex-girlfriend of how many years ago, and at one point, the love of his life. Yeah, I mean, I, that's true. I mean, listen, it's not all of the exes, but yeah, for the most part, if you want to stay connected to the family, I think there's always the opportunity for you to do so. I just, I just want Scott to be happy. I just can't, in like, I just, he had so much camaraderie in the family because of Pete in that moment. And I just felt it for him. And now it's just not a thing anymore. Well, honestly, kind of selfishly, something we spoke about a lot during season one is that the whole Scott and Courtney plotline just it had to end. It did not make him look good. And there's so much more to Scott than just his feelings on the Courtney and Travis situation. Something we said is a way to kind of really reinvigorate Scott would be to focus on his friendship with Pete. As we know, Pete doesn't necessarily love filming, but he was down to do it a little. And I think that we were really thinking that was going to be something we would see a lot of. So maybe there's some stuff already filmed, but that kind of feels like a, a dream that has now died. It does. It, it does feel like a dream that has now died. You're, that's exactly the right way to put that. You know, in conclusion, if I really wanted to wrap my thoughts on this up, I think the reason that I'm struggling with coming to terms with how I really feel is that I was struggling with coming to terms of how I felt about it the entire time. And in the beginning, we thought there was no way, you know, we kind of treated it so casually. And then as they started to get more serious, in a way, I felt that we were almost gaslit of like, wait, <laughs> what? And so now I almost feel like we're returning to the roots that we thought were the case, but we were just going with it because Kim was happy. And so if she's happy, we're not going to be the ones to say we can't see this. We're like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to us, but we're slowly starting to see it more. We're slowly starting to get on board more. And then it's like, just as we were really getting there and maybe the novelty of it was starting to slightly wear off, they hit us with the breakup. So how could you really mourn something that you never fully warmed up to, except for what you said at the beginning? the pop culture moment of it all. And to me, this will always stand firm as an iconic moment in pop culture history. Yeah, I, I think it is maybe more the pop culture. I mean, 
it's the pop culture, but also how much fun did we have over the past nine months? That was the best nine months of my life. Time of my life. I would do it again tomorrow. Okay. So here's the real question, which I feel like we just answered. A way to evaluate the sadness of a breakup, is it so sad that it's not worth reliving because of the sadness? And the answer is absolutely fucking not. 10 out of 10 times, if you gave me the choice, I would say I would take those nine months of joy because the sadness I feel here is something that I'll get over. Yeah. I mean, and that's 100% correct. Like even the Ariana and Pete thing, it ended like so chaotically and it was so upsetting. But I look back on that time in pop culture and I was like, Boy, did we have a lot of fun. Boy, did lollipops have a good run during that time period. Like that was crazy, chaotic pop culture energy. And that's exactly what we got here. A little less chaotic, but the same amount of, wow, like this is this is why we do what we do. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah, a yeah, affirming yeah. moment. It was like, this is, this is what we do. This is why we love what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Forget even about her first grid post when she posted the video of them when he's filming her in the bathing suit and wherever they were. Like, those were the times. Those were the times. And I will always hold on to that. No one can take that from us. This is how I feel like surgeons must feel. Like, they like complete a successful <laughs> transplant. And like, everybody's happy. And the, they get to see the family, like, give them the good news in the waiting room. And it's like, this is what we do this for. Like, that's how I feel with Kim and Pete. Like, the the looking forward to the next big news story. It's like, this is why we keep going. This is why we keep pushing through. <laughs> that's, I feel like it, we're slightly in our Nicole Kidman era of, like, we come to this place for magic. And that was the magic that we got. We really did. M. Somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> we have to make that meme to promote this episode. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how I would explain how we got here if I was making I a meme. I can never explain it. I, I feel the way at the end of every episode. I'm like, what just happened? But I had fun. <laughs> but I had fun. Yeah. So in conclusion, we're just going to have to see. And for anyone that's morning this, I do think we have to say all together, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. So, so true, Queen. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. 
I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's dot com promo code CELEBS. Just a few other things that we wanted to touch on. And this first one is in regards to the Beckham. So as you guys remember, April 9th of this year, Brooklyn Beckham married Nicola Peltz. And it was this unbelievably lavish wedding in Palm Beach. There was the whole Vogue spread. It was really these two highly wealthy, powerful families coming together. And it really seemed like kind of a fairy tale affair. So there had been rumblings, I would say, for the last month that there was some tension between Nicola and her family and the Beckhams. Not Brooklyn and Nicola, but the families. So last week, an article from Page Six comes out titled, Victoria Beckham in Cold War with New Daughter-in-Law Nicola Peltz. It says, a source close to the family told Page Six, quote, they can't stand each other and don't talk. The buildup to the wedding was horrendous. Nicola didn't want Victoria to be any part of the planning, and she wouldn't clue Victoria in on anything. Communication was minimal. It's become, quote, nonstop petty drama, and it's coming between the Beckhams and their son. Quote, they haven't spoken to him much in the last few months, said a source, who told us that it even went over badly at Shea Beck's when Brooklyn posted a cover of British magazine Tatler that called Peltz, quote, the new Mrs. Beckham. The sources suspect that Peltz may be suffering from a little jealousy about her man's globally renowned mom and isn't thrilled with the attention she gets, especially around her wedding day. I got to tell you, this is one where I have no insight on whether or not there is legitimacy to this, but for no other reason than I just feel it, totally could see it. Oh, I could so see it too. I don't mean to sound insensitive because I know how stressful this is for a family. I know how stressful this must be for Brooklyn specifically. But that being said, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law drama is maybe my favorite, like most specific kind of feuding. Well, yeah, because there's a consistency to it. Like no matter who you're talking about, whatever end of the spectrum, there is still a dynamic that just feels familiar. Not that you've experienced it, but you can imagine what it may be like. Oh, absolutely. The way I feel about this is like, I, I was invested in the wedding between the two of them, but I haven't been overly invested in this relationship by any means. However, for a couple that I'm not that invested in, I want to know every single ounce of this tea. Well, I think what's really interesting about it, and I remember us talking about this at the time when we were discussing the wedding, where it's like, here are these two very powerful, wealthy families joining together. And in so many ways, it just makes so much sense. But I think the flip side of that is both of these individual parties, both Nicola and, and Victoria, are probably typically the most famous or most powerful person in the room. And so when you're not, there probably is a certain power struggle that comes with that. You know what I find really interesting in a story like this? Mm. It's always interesting when a source comes out to confirm or deny a story or give a statement on a story. It's a whole other ballgame when a source comes out to tell the side of a story that people aren't necessarily digging into. Well, my thing that I'm really interested in is, will this be something that they respond to and deny? Because there's no world in which they respond to it and confirm it. Or is it something where they don't actually say anything, but just start to, you know, post more content of the families together? And all of a sudden, Victoria is posting something tagging Brooklyn and Nicola and really trying to create this image. And that's kind of their way of going against it. Or 
is there truth to it? They're not going to confirm the truth, but they're kind of just not going to say anything and their silence will maybe confirm the situation. I don't know, but that's something that I'm interested in. That would be my guess. I think that they will, um, I don't think they'll post normally, but I think there will be some attempt to save face, quote unquote, via social media. I think this must really suck for Brooklyn because the Beckhams are a very, very close family and he adores his mom. And I think no matter what, this is always a complicated situation, but when this level of like wealth and power and all these things are at play, it only complicates it more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, to echo your point, it's obviously very sad. You don't wish that anyone's going through this, but if they are, those are some texts that I would do sick shit to see. Right. I don't wish this on anyone, but if you left your phone unlocked in front of me, I would go straight to your family group chat. Yeah. I'm I'm going to iMessage. I'm not going to not. I'm not above that. Not above it. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because... You just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. So just a quick two minutes on the Monty Lopez Young Gravy feud that I mentioned during the Kim and Pete section, which if that sentence sounds like a foreign language to you, 30 seconds of background. Monty Lopez is Addison Ray's father, who we spoke about at length a few weeks ago when all of those stories of him came out, where basically he may or may not have cheated on Addison's mom, Sherry. But more than that, he kind of had this secret relationship with this, I believe, 25-year-old. And then all of these accounts came out of him just being generally creepy with women. And 
really taking advantage of the fame that he got from Addison. And then party number two is Young Gravy, who's a 26-year-old rapper. He's been in the business for a few years now, but I would say his most famous song came out in July called Betty. And he's becoming more and more famous, I would say, as the weeks go on. (laughs) I don't even have notes up for this. I'm kind of just raw dogging it because I did not expect us to talk about this. But basically, uh, Young Gravy has a thing for MILFs. It's kind of like a part of his brand at this point. And he has this kind of flirtatious relationship with Sherry Nicole, Addison's mom on TikTok. They go back and forth. It's very much a thing. If you're on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. So Monty has now gotten involved by challenging Young Gravy. So just to keep everyone straight, Monty Lopez, Addison's father and Sherry's ex, has now entered the equation by challenging Young Gravy to a boxing match. In one of the most bizarre TikTok videos I have ever seen in my entire life, I'm going to put the link in the description, although by the time we publish this episode, he may have deleted it because it's the cringiest thing you will ever see in your entire life. So that's what's happening right now. Addison Ray's 46-year-old father challenging Young Gravy, 26-year-old rapper, to a boxing match all over the fact that Young Gravy, self-proclaimed MILF lover, has targeted Addison's mom as his current MILF obsession. (laughs) This all feels like a fever dream. Um, A couple of (laughs) notes to add and a couple of clarification questions that maybe you can help with. Note to add is that Sherry Nicole seems to really be leaning into this. So like you'll see her commenting back and forth a little bit. I think that she is loving this attention. Maybe something could happen between the two of them. I don't know. It wouldn't be that crazy. And second, I know this is kind of happening live as we're recording because, you know, Carly's been sending in our group chat about videos from Tana. But do you have any insight into Tana's involvement and her taking on Monty Lopez in this whole thing? I thought you would never ask. Yes, I absolutely have insight. So, I mean, the backstory here is that months ago, way before any of this Monty stuff came out, Tana was on a podcast and she alluded to a very famous TikToker's father kind of just being generally inappropriate. She never named names. Then when all of the Monty stuff was coming out, she kind of confirmed that Monty was who she was talking about. So when Monty posted this TikTok, which I'm telling you is literally the most cringe video you've ever seen in your entire life, Tana commented on it and said, I'm calling the police. And he responded to her comment and said, go take a bath. And then they kind of started to get into it back and forth. He said some shit about her body count. And that's when she made a video that was like, listen, I've been relatively quiet throughout this whole thing. As we all know, I could have named names a while ago and I didn't say a word. But now that he's going there, let's go there. And she starts to post text messages from him and you know, claiming that he incessantly FaceTimes her and just generally alluding to how overall thirsty and creepy he is. And so to me, I'm like, Monty, you don't know Tana in the way that I feel I do. It's it's not a game you want to mess with because you're just not going to win. I am so disgusted by him. He, honestly, Julie, same. He's one of, I would say, the worst examples of a like famous person's parent who got famous with them in the process. Ugh, I'm just like skeeved. Like I hear his name and I feel like I have to take a shower. Well, because think about it. The opposite of that is someone like the D'Amelios, which yeah, they've leaned into the fame as well, but not in a way that ever felt uncomfortable or anything other than really being the parental figure to Charlie and Dixie. Addison's dad is like completely, you know, living in this false reality. I just saw a TikTok of Young Gravy walking through a doorframe and having to duck because he's so tall. And I want that for Sherry Nicole. That feels like the best revenge you could ever have on someone. 
forget about Jerry and Nicole. I want that for myself. But yeah, for her as well. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. Duh. You duck in a door frame, I'm done. I'm on the floor. Uh, duh. That's a special kind of feeling, you know? That's a specific category of porn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a you chain dangling in your face kind of thing. Not that I don't love that. I fucking love that. But if I'm choosing, it's the door frame duck with a very close second being the chain. I would take a one-two combo any day. Any day of the fucking week. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, is there anything else you want to mention? No, but what an episode we just had ourselves. I can't I believe we included <laughs> Monty Lopez, Young Gravy, Sherry Nicole, and Tana in the Kim and Pete breakup episode. <laughs> well, I was thinking when we do the title and description, you think that we'll just make it like Kim and Pete colon a debrief and just let people be surprised? <laughs> or you think that the potential Young Gravy, Monty Lopez feud would be interesting enough for people to click on if we put it in the title? For sure, a surprise bonus ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And listen, by the time the episode comes out, we're recording this 11.58 p.m. on Sunday night. So when it comes out tomorrow, who knows what else will break and who knows how our feelings will develop on the whole Kim and Pete thing. I guess we're kind of just processing this in real time. But thank you for letting us do this and we'll see you later this week. 